Great podcast today. Lots of things that I think we can do moving forward to save our country. Very positive in many ways until I get to my rant on hippies. All on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. article in the federalist by joy pullman uh and she talks about eight strategies for exiting the biden years stronger than the right went in it's really wealth uh, worth a read eight strategies for exiting the biden years um joy writes and i'm, I'm going to just read a couple of them then i'm going to go over the highlights but you should read it i'll, I'll tweet it out and post it on facebook or on my uh glenbeck.com page she says this is a frightening time uh, the incoming administration means the acceleration of mass murder, which is abortion, forcing taxpayers to pay for it. It means nuns are back on the menu. It means the increase of public schools destroying children's innocence and facilitating minors' access to drugs that will enable HIV-positive sex. It means the entrenchment of the institutional racism of critical race theory in every institution possible, also pushed by taxpayer funds. It means the Democrats rig more structures of American life against those who disagree with them, possibly preventing us from ever having a meaningful voice in our own governance again. It means the proliferation of government spending that accelerates our nation's likelihood of devastating economic collapse it means frighteningly labeling half of the country domestic terrorists a label that prepares for stripping even more of our rights all this in turn she says makes us increasingly vulnerable to foreign enemies propagandists and demagogues now she goes on to say that this is well documented and it is overwhelming to must for most people she said all is not lost however yes we're forced to retreat but let's be orderly and strategic don't break into a route there are numerous strategic advantages and strategies available to the people who love america if we choose to employ and enlarge them. I'm, I'm going to give you a few of them. She said, one, recognizing corporate media as a propaganda machine. She said, through COVID, Hunter Biden, she said, the quickest way to guess, uh, guess the truth is like the way they used to do it in the Soviet Union. Whatever the mainstream media said in the Soviet Union, uh, your dear leader is still great. He has a little cold. No, he's not great. He's probably dead. Okay, you just whatever they say, economy looking up. Oh, dear God, it's bad. Whatever they say, it's probably the opposite. She said it's frightfully corrupt. The media, corporate media now control our lives right down to the air that we are allowed to breathe and whether we're allowed to honestly support our families. And the majority of Americans either believe their outright lies or are heavily influenced by them. But this knowledge for us is highly useful. Now, listen to this. I love this is this is Reagan thinking. She said it means that Americans are not necessarily supportive of socialism and baby murder and all the other things that Democrats do when they're in power. It means that our country still includes a lot of well-meaning people who love America, but are deeply deceived. That's an important lesson to learn 
Why? Because they have made half the country their enemy. This is why peaceful resistance works. This is why enlarging people's hearts and listening to them first, hearing their plight. This is the lesson I learned in front of 20 million people during the Trump administration. I didn't listen to you, so I misunderstood you. They are not hearing you. Most people in these cities, and they're now moving out of states like California, where they've never met a conservative. They're coming, and I hear that I have heard this from so many liberals who I have gotten to know. I've I've heard this from two communists, one of the one of which their dad was on the blacklist during the McCarthy hearings. They have come up to me and said, I thought one thing. Boy, was I wrong. I, how many times have you heard a liberal say, I, I, I got to know people and they're not like that. How many liberals have flipped and come over to the conservative side said, these guys, they don't mind debating. They're not the monsters I was told they are. We must continue that. In fact, enlarge it. Because we are going to be welcoming. We must be welcoming people that are coming into our communities. They've never met us before. And they are coming. But you have to understand that many of them have been deceived by the media. When, when they, they really don't hear these stories that we, we talk about every day. They don't hear them. They don't know them. And if we are rejecting of them, if you're from California, you a liberal? Yeah. Well, you stay away from me. Don't you wreck our state. Instead, why'd you move from California? Oh, it's crazy. It is, isn't it? Well, Texas or Tennessee or wherever you're at, Florida, this is a great place. You want to come over and have dinner? And don't talk politics. Listen to them. Listen to their frustrations and then don't be like an overzealous Christian that just wants to get you into the waters of baptism. Don't just listen to them, love them, and they will see the difference between their old friends and their new friends. We really the culture has been destroyed we have a chance. They're moving out of those states. And only one of two things is going to happen. They're going to destroy our states. Or they're going to help our states become stronger. And there's nothing better than converts. If you can get converts oh on your gosh. side, like the people who lived in the former <clears throat> Soviet Union that have made their way here because they wanted freedom so badly. There's no one that understands this country oh better than those people. To talk about the people of Venezuela. Mm. I can't tell you. I've had a whole bus of former Soviet bloc citizens. They were on some tour in a city. And I was walking down the street. And all of a sudden, this tour bus just stops. And all of them get out. <laughs> and they all surround me. What is wrong with America? Mm. What is happening? They know. The people that have come and moved from their state, they should be the people that you are befriending in an honest way. Don't try to win. Okay. Second thing she says is we have to have crystal clarity about the left's real goals. 
The goal right now, Biden's message was, I'm not Donald Trump. And that's what people voted for. The people who voted him in, generally speaking, did not vote for Kamala Harris and her radical. The, the Democrats even rejected her. They voted for a guy they thought was just going to leave people alone and stop the division. Okay, now we have a choice. We can either be the domestic terrorists that they are now going to claim we are. We can either be the extreme conspiracy people. Or we can be lowering the temperature and saying, yeah, that's not that's just not true. That's not true to your friends. Everything has to be local now. Prepare for a time when voices like mine are rare, if at all. Don't we have an extraordinary opportunity? She writes, we need to be ready to welcome these voters in who voted for Donald Trump and then see exactly what they're doing. Uh, who voted for Joe Biden and then see what they're now doing in power and welcome them, even if they are not ideologically pure. I'd rather have a wasteful social welfare state than murders uh, that murders fewer babies, supports free speech and doesn't harass nuns, you know, than a corporate welfare state that harass the poor and religious. If that's the trade off, I'll take it. We just all we need to do. Do you agree with the Bill of Rights? That's it. That's it. Because that's what we used to unite on. Do you believe in the Bill of Rights? Because I do. Well, I don't believe in a wall. I didn't ask you that. Do you believe in the Bill of Rights? Then the GOP must separate itself from big business. This is the Democrats have become clearly the party of big business on steroids. The Republicans have got to get away from that. They've got to get away from that. Um, the corruption cycle is going to uh, accelerate. She writes, number four, COVID shutdowns with no end inside are a violation of our natural constitutional and human rights. However, as a Biden administration coming to power, this evil will also cause damage to those who attempt to wield it against their enemies. It'll mean a quicker downfall of many corrupted institutions from churches that don't proclaim real theology, losing parishioners who will never come back from virtual church to the death of higher education institutions that have been colluding with co uh, corporate uh, and corrupt politicians to scam gullible young people out of their futures. Th this is really important to know. No one ever calls in troops and silences people and corrals people up if they're confident they got this never you only do that when you know uh i'm in real trouble because the people can turn against me and we're not talking about half the people we're talking about anybody who believes in the bill of rights and that's what our fight should be on the bill of rights because we've lost, forget about the fiscal thing, we lost that way back with the Democrats. We lost that. We've lost so many things. All of our fights need now to focus on the Bill of Rights. 
She says targeting the close and local. And this is really important. She's talking about make sure you get involved locally. You've got to change the state laws wherever we can to shore up a clean election. Make sure that your your house and your governor are working on laws right now to make sure that that vote is bulletproof. Yeah, I know we can't get to all the states. That's fine. Wherever we can get it done right now. You think your state's always going to be like this? Engage in more conversations, not less. Stop fighting to win. Start stating the truth about our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Start living the truth of who we are. Good, decent, kind people. And start demonstrating it with new people that are coming in to your area. You've got to be the backbone of the Constitution. And the last thing she says is persecution pur- purifies and creates solidarity. It's true. We're all in this fight together. And when we really understand, holy cow, you lose, I lose. There's real solidarity there. But it also purifies us because we have to be sharp. We have to know what we're talking about. Read this article. You'll find it in the uh, Federalist. It is uh, well worth your time. Eight strategies for exiting the Biden years stronger than the right went in. And it's by Joy Pullman. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Journalist Andy No on with us, a guy who probably knows more about Antifa than anybody else. He's got a new book that is coming out already. Number one, they haven't silenced you yet. They, I mean, they got to change that, Andy. Um, already number one, it comes out in a couple of weeks. We'll have him on to talk about that here in uh, in a couple of weeks. But we wanted to talk to him about what happened yesterday in Seattle and Portland. Andy, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on again. Sure. So tell me what tell me what happened yesterday. Give me the give me the story. Well, given that we've been hearing over and over from the media about the threat of insurgency, particularly after what happened at Capitol Hill recently, you would think that this news would be blanketed across the national and international press. Mm. Unfortunately, it's not. What happened yesterday was in coordinated fashion. Antifa in different cities on the West Coast carried out uh, mass riots and attacks. Um, they did it in Portland and Seattle, as well as Denver to an extent. Uh, Portland was particularly bad because they came armed with weapons like knives, ass. Um, there were Molotov cocktails. Um, in the course of their rioting, they actually destroyed the headquarters of the Democratic Party of Oregon ah, building. See, that shows that that was right-wing extremists that were disguised as Antifa. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> explain, think, uh, explain, explain how that is a sign it's Antifa. Well, okay, so I, when I get asked this all the time, which I frequently do by press who ask me, how do you know it's really Antifa? 
Well, you look at the groups that are organizing the riots on encrypted telegram uh, channels and signal. You look at the Antifa accounts that are advertising on Twitter openly the riots and calling for people to come. Um, you look at the symbols and flags that they carry. So yesterday they carried actually Antifa flags. And you also just listen to their chants. They were chanting Antifa, Antifa when they were in the middle of carrying out the riots. And then another thing, which is my specialty, is looking at who gets arrested and digging into their background and looking at their political posts. So all these come together, make it very, very clear, if you want to know the truth, that these are Antifa. Unfortunately, there's very few journalists uh, who are curious when it comes to this, whereas they apply so much scrutiny to the people who were at the Capitol Hill, including people who had nothing to do with the riots, but were merely at a political rally earlier in the day. So, um, you know, I just want to emphasize, like, how bad it was yesterday. Like, it's become normal in these cities for marauding gangs of mass people to go out into the street with weapons and set things on fire, uh, come with homemade explosives, come with knives, um, and they were picking up rocks along the way as well. Um, they, there were multiple riots actually in Portland in the same day, early in the day, was the destruction of the Democrat headquarters. And then later at night, they tried to break inside the uh, ICE facility. But fortunately, federal officers repelled them. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. The press would have to report it if they went into, let's say, a courthouse or a federal uh, office building where ICE was because, I mean, we've learned that that that's the difference. They they went after federal uh, property and they they went after federal employees. So that that was the difference, because that that was what was happening in Washington. And apparently Antifa has never done that. So now you're saying that they did that last night, huh? Yes, as Mm -hmm. they've done hundreds of times in 2020 trying to burn down and attack um, federal property in downtown Portland where um, and the response from the national media was to blame the law enforcement officers protecting federal Mm -hmm. property at the time. All right. Let me um, uh, let me just show. um, And by the way, um, Andy, I'm not sure you um, get my sarcasm, but uh, I'm not being sarcastic at all. Last night in Portland, uh, they had a very important Joe Biden rallying cry because they're they love Joe Biden. Listen to what they said. So it should be clear that Joe Biden isn't going to save us because at this point it doesn't matter who is in the White House. A dictator could care less. Okay. And furthermore, Joe Biden. Let me tell you about Joe Biden. (laughs) Joe Biden is a feckless puppet of the centrist Democratic establishment who is only president because of his ties to corporate interests. Okay? Can we get that (laughs) through our heads? I'm preaching the choir, but, but here's a pill that might be a little harder for you to swallow, okay? So, progressive political actors like Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, they're not going to save you either, okay? And let me be clear, don't don't get me wrong, it's essential that we have strong progressives circulating the White House, but now, 
This is the people's fight. Okay? This is the people's fight. Because our political champions only have as much power as we imbue them with. And you see how much power white nationalists give Trump. Okay? And they've got the guns to back it up. What does that mean to you? What, is, what does this speech say to you? Um, it's laying the groundwork for radicalizing people for revolution. I mean, essentially, if you, if you just listen to what they're saying, you read their uh, literature, you look at their banners, they declare themselves to be ungovernable. And this is where the anarchist side of the anarchist communism comes out in Antifa and their allies, is that they fundamentally reject everything about the United States, including the idea of American governance, period, including governance from the Democrats. So they recognize AOC and Bernie as important allies in the administration, uh, in, um, in government. But um, when it comes to what they ultimately want, though, is to destroy um, uh, the political system in the U.S., including both parties. This is what I've been talking about for years. So it's been very frustrating that uh, the coverage of Nancy has become partisan and that the liberal media has given cover to them so much when these are people who are openly calling for Democrats to actually be killed. Tell me the difference between um, Antifa, because your uh, whole book that's coming out next month is all about uh, what they are, who they are. And what they want. Um, tell me the difference between that and, let's say, the Tea Party. I don't know if you paid much attention, but both were in the streets. Both were, you know, marching. Both have political beefs. What's the difference that uh, the media is ignoring? Good question. If you were only paying attention to mainstream media, you would would have perceived uh, the Tea Party to be uh, fringe extremists rather than. Um, peaceful, patriotic Americans who wanted more say over um, how they were governed. Whereas the Antifa, the fundamental difference really comes down to um, tactics and agenda, obviously, but tactics in that Antifa explicitly call and advocate for political violence. That is not the exception when it comes to them. That is their MO. That's what they do every time. And they will kill if need be, as they've done before. The Tea Party used fiery rhetoric and all that, but they didn't. Their protests were entirely peaceful. They were lawful. They usually left rallies, uh, the the properties cleaner than when they arrived. Yeah. Um, whereas you can look at what happens in you know the trail of mm-hmm. Antifa autonomous zones and marches is literally burnt out. Burnt out areas destruction, and it's it it's the other difference is is that no matter what the speeches said yesterday, those who support Antifa or ignore them, they they Antifa does not respect the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, or the the Congress or our system of government. They don't want our system of government. Is that accurate? Not only do they not want a system of government, they're willing to use violence to destroy that system, actually. And I think what makes them particularly dangerous is that 
they're really um, attacking the U.S. as as it's found, on its founding ideals. Right. Freedom of I'm talking about freedom of expression, the right to own property, uh, the rule of law, um, the legitimacy of uh, democracy itself. I mean, yesterday's violent riots by Antifa were protests against the transfer of peace, uh, the peaceful transfer of power, mm-hmm. and it should be analyzed from that angle. It's not, unfortunately. So. Um, when we're looking at um, Antifa and we look at them historically, they were the ones basically that were blamed for the Reichstag fire. And there's been an argument back and forth on who started the Reichstag fire. Was it Hitler knowing that he could grab control or was it the communist? The anti-fascists were actually communists um, fighting against Hitler. Um, who? Have you heard them talk about what kind of government they want? They say they're anarchists, but I don't think they are anarchists. Are they communists? Are they? What are they? Well, I'm glad you touched on the history briefly. That's really important. The original Antifa uh, was formed in the interwar years in Germany as a paramilitary of the German Communist Party. And I write about that all in the book. It's important to understand the historical uh, origins of this organization and movement. But to answer um, the question you, you just asked, it's um, they, people need to realize that like, the danger is not just in Antifa's violent extremism itself. They are creating an environment where they, there is a response and a reaction from the other side and polarization as well. And I think we're seeing some repeats of the conditions that gave rise to mm. what happened in World War II in that the Antifa are doing what they did then, which was not just fighting um, Nazis on the streets, they were also attacking the Social Democrats, the center-left liberals, attacking every political opposition to them in the streets and carrying out acts of brutal street political violence and assassinations and counter-assassinations. Um, it looks like we are building sort of the we're, we're getting on the building blocks of an environment like that. Andy, thank you very much. Um, Andy knows book comes out uh, in about a month. You should order it now. It's called Unmask Inside uh, Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. Uh, and he is uh, also the editor at large at the Post Millennial. Thank you so much, Andy. Appreciate it. Um, one My of heart. the one of the things that. Um, I want to bring to light here is he's right. We are going down many of the same roads and it looks like we're going to be set up with many of the same things. Uh, And I am not comparing this to what they did to the Jews and everything else. I'm going to stop saying that. Uh, Well, I can't stop saying that because uh, I have to legally now say that or somebody will call me an extremist. Um, I want you to know that, um, when the Germans took power, they demonized. They had their own group. They had the stormtroopers, and they were fighting. That was the paramilitary group of the, um, it was the SA, and they were the paramilitary group for the Nazi party. The Antifa was the paramilitary group for the Communist Party, and people hated both sides, both sides. And so when Hitler finally saved the constitution because there was going to be a violent overthrow 
He admitted he violated the Constitution and said, and you know what? I do it again because the Republic was at stake and I needed to save it because these guys were really bad guys. He had already declared war on Antifa, his enemy. But then the light of night of long knives gave him the opportunity to kill off the people that were causing all the violence on his side because the people were tired of the violence on the streets and it allowed him a chance to look like this great benevolent leader who sacrificed himself and is willing to go to jail because he violated the constitution. But the people breathe a sigh of relief. Thank goodness the violence is over, but he consolidated his power, got rid of anyone that could defy him. And the violence had just begun. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. I wanted to bring uh, somebody on today because I think the first step that has to be done to save our nation is, and I know this sounds like hyperbole, but it is fundamental. We need to go right now, all of us, and download, print, copy, and share with not only ourselves, but our families and everyone we know the report from the 1776 Commission. I've read a lot of history books. I've read a lot of history of America. I've, you're trying to summarize the good and bad of America in 40 pages. Not exactly easy to do. To be able to explain the complex issues that the founders were putting into our Declaration of Independence and Constitution, really not easy to do. To explain how conflicted they were on slavery and what they did and what they didn't do, almost impossible. This does it. I read the whole thing in one sitting this morning. It's 40 pages. And I cannot recommend it enough. Now, one of the first thing this, things that Joe Biden did was get rid of that, get it off of the White House website. This was a Trump thing. And he said he's putting together a 1776 commission to combat the lies of 1691. And when I say lies of 1691, they admit that the history is false in 1691. But I can guarantee you, if you're not paying attention, your kid is learning all of those facts from the New York Times Pulitzer Prize winning project 1691. This must be taught to our children. Uh, and we have uh, the senior fellow from the Heritage Foundation, Mike Gonzalez, who uh, has authored a new book, The Plot to Change America. He is um, he's, he's instrumental in making sure this goes forward. Welcome. Welcome, Mike. Glenn, it's a, uh, a a pleasure to be on your show. I I really appreciate what you do. I had a, a chance to visit with you in Texas about seven years ago, mm. and I, I just love your show and the things you say. And I was hoping that the thing, the fundamental thing, you were going to was to read history. So I'm very happy that uh, that that you told people to download the report, which I was a, a co-author of. I was I was a member of the commission. 
So, we, so, so thank you for that. Uh, Mike, I have to tell you, if, you're, if your book is half as good as the report, it's a must read as well. The, um, uh, to summarize and to write it as pithy as you did, um, and you and your colleagues, is, uh, is really hard to do. And to stay true to the principles, um, I mean, it, it reads true, it reads accurately, and I think that's why they've taken it down on day one of the Biden administration. Well, you know, uh, Glenn, um, my book, as you mentioned, The Plot to Change America, I do mention uh, some of these things, some of the political project that is afoot here with making history a narrative, just a, not, 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 a, not a, a series of facts. In fact, are not partisan. Facts are facts. But what the left uh, wants to do is say, no, these are just simply narratives. And we can oppose the hegemonic narrative, to, to quote Gramsci, with a counter narrative mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and replace and that way change America. They want to <clears throat> they want to change the past in order to change the future. And but of course, you know, as Aristotle said, uh, that alone is forbidden to the gods to make what has happened not happen. Uh, and, 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 and this is this idea that there is no truth, that there's no transcendent truth. It's, it's a, a feature, not a bug of the left. And this is, by the way, I'm glad that you mentioned the 1619 Project. The 1619 Project is an attempt to do just that, yeah. to replace the narrative of America with a counter-narrative, one that is anti-capitalist and pro-socialist. You know, I never thought of it this way, Mike. Thank you for bringing this up. I, I, you know, I, I know the progressives. I know what they did to history. I know how long this has been going on. I know who's, who was behind it. Um, but I never tied together the facts i just thought they're making history boring so nobody wants to listen to it but by making making it all about the facts and losing the entire narrative nobody learned you learned the dates and the names and then you forgot them because you were only studying for a test and all the while they've been working on the narrative with no facts except the facts that those people who are doing it are crediting as fact from somebody else. You know, there's, it's all peer-reviewed facts. Uh, and by the time you get to the history books today, you've got, you know, uh, at least two generations of, of uh, history buffs verifying each other. Right. And, and, and uh, you know, I think they understand very well something we conservatives have forgotten, And that is what the founder of conservatism, Edmund Burke, said in the the late 1700s, that in order for us to love our country, our country should be lovely. Uh, And and what they they do, what they set out to do, their purpose, their very clear purpose, is to denigrate American history in order for us, for our children, to hold the Constitution, the Declaration, and America in contempt. And the reason to, 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 to hold, they want to, for, for, for future generations and the present generation to hold America in contempt is so then you, 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 you create that, that catalyzes a desire to change the entire system. Uh, if America is systemically, structurally, and institutionally racist, then if you have, if you have half a brain, you understand that you have to change all the institutions, the structures, and the very system. So, Mike, what, what is, what's going to happen to the 1776 project now? Well, we're, we're, uh, we're now in, 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 in the, at the present moment uh, talking to each other. 
we have emailed uh, today and yesterday. Uh, we're going. We we plan to continue meeting. We plan. We have. <coughs> we we knew. We anticipated what the White House had done, so we moved the document uh, mm. to Heritage. It's on the Heritage website. It's also it's, it's also over at Hillsdale College. Uh, the, the chairman of the uh, commission was Larry Arn, who's the president of Hillsdale and a mm. member of the Heritage Foundation's uh, board of directors. So you can find it in either place. Hillsdale, by the way, and Heritage have great material for your mm-hmm. for your audience to go to go to. Uh, so you can find it there and read it and make up your own mind. But what we give is the unvarnished historical fact. So, uh, you, we, so if you approach history as as the sixteen nineteen project does with a political agenda, then the facts are are something irrelevant, and that's not what a historian uh, does. Um, please count me in as an ally on the 1776 project. I, I think this should be read. I think it should be in every home and I think it should be read by every parent and they should teach it in the home. They should take it to their schools and demand that it is taught in their schools. We have got to stop being timid, uh, and stop saying, well, I don't want to get you. I don't want to cause any trouble. I don't want the teachers mad at my stop it. They are teaching lies to your kids and in every school across the country. You want to teach the 1619 Project? I disagree with it. I think, but if you want to teach it as a counter narrative to older kids, and it's clearly these are not the facts, this is just a reimagining of history. As long as they have learned this history as fact, they are not going to be so susceptible to uh, the lies in the 1619 project. So, Mike, please uh, count me in as an ally. I'll do anything I can to, to help you. Um, tell me a little bit about the plot to change America. What is it you go uh, into? Thank you. And, 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 and it's extremely kind to be an ally to what we are trying to do in, the six, in this 1776 commission. The, uh, the plot to change America is, is really a book about identity politics. <clears throat> it's a book that explains why we're here, why we had the summer of 2020. If you want to know why our, our cities were rocked, uh, not, that, not that our newspapers ever reported it, uh, but if you want to know about the 12,000 demonstrations and 700 riots in the billions in damages, if you understand what cost it, my book is it, The Plot to Change America, because what I say is <clears throat> I set out to dispel the myths that, that sustain identity politics. What is identity politics? It's the division, the reimagining of America as a country of, of, uh, of, as a confederation of categories mm-hmm. uh, based on, on sex, uh, uh, race, national origin, things that you cannot change. And then what, what the, the project of the left is, is to instill the members of the categories with, with, with victimhood, with a sense of victimhood. And that is what, as I said before, used uh, as a catalyst for change. What they say is, we know that you can improve your life individually. We know that capitalism provides you with the ability to improve your lives individually, but we don't want you to do that. We want you to act collectively, use your grievances to change America because because capitalism is racist. They say this repeatedly, which is a falsehood, as I point out in my book, The Plot to Change America. So basically I give a, I explain uh, what identity politics is and why it is so damaging to us as a country. Mike Gonzalez, uh, senior fellow, the Heritage Foundation, um, co-author of the 1776 uh, Commission. 
so well worth reading. Go to the Heritage Foundation. Go to Hillsdale. Go to Glenbeck.com. You can read it there, but print it off and have a copy of it. Also, the author of the book, The Plot to Change America. Mike, thank you. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you a lot. You bet. God bless. Na, 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 na.